Hello and welcome to Discussing Documentaries with me, Matt Wills and Rick Wharton. Today, we are having a stab at a documentary called Forward Slash The Social Dilemma. It was produced in the year 2020 and it was from Netflix who basically funded it. They did everything. The director is Jeff Orlowski. Uh, I've got no idea about the money on this one. It literally came out a few weeks ago and the accolades, it's got none yet but it was the official selection at Sundance. So it's ticking a couple of boxes. And the blurb, this documentary drama hybrid explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their creations. Rick, this one was kind of championed by you. But here's here's the thing. I don't know if you know this. I, I um, Obviously, we've been friends for not a huge amount of time, but but long enough. Time served equals more than the regular (laughs) friends, I think, particularly with this podcast. We've caught up on our three anecdotes that were interesting. Now we're we're just watching TV together. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, They they don't love each other, but no one's done anything enough to break up yet. (laughs) We're staying together for the podcast. That's what we're saying. But The tax breaks. In essence, I genuinely, I hold you on in quite high regard, right? So the idea for this podcast was your idea. Um, and I know I, you know, I pull my weight. I see you as the funny guy on it. Um, your suggestions, in my opinion, are better than my suggestions in terms of what we watch. Watching this documentary, you've fallen off the pedestal. The tide's and, turning. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed a lot about this documentary, but that was one of the few things that you're you're falling off your your pedestal. And it, in my eyes, you're just now a normal dude. So um, I'm a that mere pleases mortal me. Now you are mere mortal. Now. Yep. My, my mortality comes in with the answer of this. This is not a Rick Wharton choice. This is a Rick Wharton, please don't choose a coerced confession, miserable, <laughs> going to break my heart for two hours decision. So fine, we go for factual and modern, and this is what we come up with. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing, and our listeners won't know this, and this is why this one was particularly, because this is brand new as of when we're recording. This has just came out the week of recording. It's like It's a week old, I think. It's like number six maximum in the top ten on Netflix or something like yes, that. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. So this is our this is our attempt at being topical. Now the problem is, is myself and Matt have just endured in our second discussion documentaries podcast that we will not be releasing, and that was the Great Hack. Oh God, because. And these two are remarkably similar. Now, what happened with the Great Hackers? Me and Matt argued about politics for about three hours, <laughs> and, then went. and then they was, steal our data. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it was about that. Yeah, and the weird thing we went off on so many tangents on that episode that I couldn't. It was tough for me to pull it pull it back in. So when you hey, suggested hey. the forward slash the social dilemma, I was like, yeah, okay, that's because I. When I saw the advert for it, I went, oh, I'd quite like to watch that. But I, I fell mm. asleep. So, for instance, we are two and a half hours late today. I'm very rarely late. We're two and a half hours late because I fell asleep during this documentary for, yeah, about two and a half hours, weirdly enough. Um, I could not. It, it couldn't. It, the thing is, it's an interesting documentary. 
It is. It's an interesting uh, documentary, but I understand completely what you mean. Because again, it's it's a similar one we said about the last one like this we did. You can sum it up in five minutes or five hours. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this one is slightly more succinct. But to be honest, I had two different opinions throughout this, which we will which we'll get to. So we'll kick straight off with... Um, Oh, just quickly, as Matt's lovely intro for me there, and he said, I know I pulled my weight. Uh, by the way, he does fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> we- yeah, but that's because it's a control thing, Rick. Don't, don't don't think it's a work ethic thing. It's You're I'll, like, oh, I'll do, I'll do it. No, no, let me do it. Yeah, it's a control I, I, thing. It's not- as an example, we had one of our episodes disappear from the podcast link side. And he asked me, uh, could it have been me? And I could put my hand in the heart and say, <laughs> I have never been on the website. Uh, nor have I opened something called a Google Drive. Or I ask, and he keeps trying to send me a schedule of what he's done. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> As we found out the other day, Rick didn't know what a to-do list was until he was way into his 20s. Oh yeah, yeah. Did not know until I was um, until my girlfriend moved in, and then she showed me the joys of having free time taken away from you. <laughs> this documentary is a f- effectively it's a remorseful documentary. It features a load of are they, is it called Talking Heads when they do that? Yeah, so a bunch of Talking Heads interview with right. kind of the pioneers of social media. And again, yeah. since we've seen two of these back to back, I would actually recommend watching the, the the Great Hack as well. So would I. I just wouldn't recommend trying to talk about them for three hours. I think it, it got like a nine and a half score from me and you, I think, mate. Super good, like yeah. re- really good. But the thing is, you're just seeing these skinny people with trimmed, be- trimmed beards going, we designed all this, and now, now that I don't work for them anymore, I don't think we should have. <laughs> like- Effectively, and it, do you know it reminded me of? So basically, it's loads of talking heads going, uh, we created all of these systems around Facebook, WhatsApp, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, and that some of them are the engineers, some of them, the, some of them are the social scientists who work out how to manipulate people better. And basically, they're all remorseful. Yet they're doing it with a smile on their face. Like, oh, we created. They've basically got, you know, Oppenheimer, the guy who created the nuclear bomb. Right. Yeah. Apparently, later in his life, he really regretted what he what he did and einstein said exactly the same about the theory of relativity because that's what effectively led to the creation of the nuclear bomb and the pair of them were really remorseful about their creations because they didn't think about it when they were doing it they were just so cock a hoop that they were doing it and that they wanted to get it done that they forgot about the implications of it and this documentary Everyone's got well, Oppenheimer well, disease. Oppenheimer actually, his he, he fell in love, and they wanted to go traveling, and unfortunately, they couldn't visit Hiroshima. So then the guilt obviously came. <laughs> <laughs> just in waves at that it point. Just... Until then, he was pretty much fine with what he fucking did. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they were going to use it to drop on another country. <laughs> You've done what with it? Hang on. Um, How dare you? I put in those keys you had to turn <laughs> to, to propel it through the air as. As a tool for learning is what it was intended for. <laughs> I've got love in my heart, honest. Um, so this documentary starts off with a quote. And the quote is, Nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. 
and that was Sophocles. Uh, but the thing is, so the documentary, I think, is not badly put together. So the opening scene, it's kind of, it's all these people that were uh, heads of industry or pioneers or creators of. Yeah. And um, one says, I'm very concerned. The other's like, we didn't see the consequences. And, yeah. Um, remorse, remorse, remorse. And then here's the crux of what we have to deal with. The people behind the camera say, what's the problem? And they go, hmm. <laughs> Good question. That is going to be difficult to explain. Um, but they can't give a simple answer. Yeah, there's no succinct answer to doing that. Mm. So they, they touch upon the social, the impact social media has on mental health. Uh, yeah. Fake news becoming more and more uh, divisive. Uh, and uh, taking over six times faster than regular uh, truth. Well, there's a great adverts. Th- there's a great and quote about fake news, which is it's not just fake news; it's fake news with consequences, and that's hit to you very early on. That's within the first five minutes. They say that Th- there's a lot of points. So, as you know, when I watch these, I write down, I write down notes, and, and I love the quotes. On this one, I could have. I could get the entire script and most of it would be highlighted with great quotes. The, the quotes that they hit you with are terrifying and there's just too many of them. And here's the thing. There were difference to the, between this and the, the, the hack. So it showed you all the big life impacts that this has all had on us. And it has... And and you know what? When we when we watching this, it says documentary dramatization. I was hoping that's a little checklist on the owners and directors test. I could disqualify from fucking having to do this today. I was just like, is it? Is it what I want? And then the dramatization is just like, it's ridiculous. It's. Do you reckon? It starts, I, I really like the dramatization. In parts. So so we'll we'll go through it piece by piece. All right. So the first one, they talk about the rise of. So they talk about ISIS. Joining, this is not in the dramatization, so they mentioned ISIS, yes. Russian attacks, fake news, yeah. divided, civil war. And then it shows you, and the rate of, there's now a thing called Snapchat dysmorphia. Yeah. <laughs> and it then shows you, it's basically, um, the diff- so it's to, to, the first thing this dramatization shows you, it's like a family that it shows you in each one. Did you ever see the old BT adverts where it was the guy from Love Actually or My Family? Yes, yes, yes. And it's... And it's just a, a blonde guy comes in and he's just like, oh, I've just sorted out the phone bill. And do 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 And then it's <laughs> off. And then next, in a year's time, there's a new one. He's got two kids going, oh, better call up and get the car insurance. Glad I've got the phone bill paid to do so. <laughs> and I, like it, it becomes like that with the family. So with all this like heightened hyperbole in the worst case scenario, it just it's a family going, uh, Michelle, can you do the dishes? And she stays on her phone. And then it cuts to ISIS, it cuts to this. It's just like, have you done the dishes yet? She's still on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it was, that seems, I, I don't have kids at home, but I have my missus. Now, my missus is addicted to her phone. Mm. And I'm reasonably addicted to my phone. Do you know, at the end of this documentary, I sat there and my missus looked over me. She went, that's your smug look. And I went, yeah. Because she only heard the last five minutes of the documentary. She was the one who came home and woke me up. So I put it on. Took, took the belt off your arm, slapped you <laughs> yeah, around a bit. Right. Said you've got shit to yeah. do. Rick's going to go crazy. In, you know what he's like about time. We are keeping. in week three. <laughs> we are in week three of Matt's opioid relapse. Now, I don't know how to talk about serious subjects with compassion. So if you think I'm joking, I'm not. And these 11 listeners, if you're one of his AA sponsors, you need to fucking reach out immediately. And it, this whole 
this whole documentary for me set off all the things about addiction and i'll i will get to that um it was interesting so the next scene after that was do you know the ginger guy uh, do, you, do you catch the names in this because oh did i rick did oh, I? thank god because ginger, ginger guy let me tell you the ginger guy's name his name was tristan <laughs> tristan yep i've said that right not tristan as we'd say in the UK. And to the point he goes to CBS to go on CBS uh, network to do an interview thing. And the woman who meets him in the lobby looks at her clipboard, looks at him and says, it's, and he said, oh, it's Tristan. And she looked at him and went, oh, that's how you're going to pronounce it, is it? Tristan. Okay, then. Yeah, Tristan Harris. And it's all about him. He is the former design ethicist and he works now because he set it up at the Center for Humane Technology. Effectively, this was this was a minimalist documentary, right? Did you not? Did you get that vibe to it? Similar to yeah, yeah, similar to just a load of douches is all I can say. Um, and I don't get me wrong, I quite like Tristan. Well, they all the- meant well, all of them. The first time we see him in per- like without the talking head, he's at what looks like the rehearsal for a TED talk. Yes. So he's on the empty stage, but like it's not a TED talk. So you keep on expecting Tony Robbins to run and go, "Hey, what are you doing, <laughs> here, little bastard? Get out! <laughs> Put your energy into it." With his massive smile, going, "Get out of here, you fucking nerd!" <laughs> Here's the thing, right? So they're all effectively they're all knocking the dangers of social media which they all created, right? One guy's like, yeah, I created the like button. Uh, Tristan created Gmail and how Gmail looks. And, you know, the colors on Gmail. He goes, yeah, we were responsible for that. Oh, it's so interesting. That. I've never heard someone say they were addicted to email. Like, that's never... Oh, really? I hate getting emails. Yeah, I, I, I detest getting e- I don't like emails. I don't... Oh, I've got it's a real problem spam. with it. I, I, no. I identified with so much in this documentary. I understand the other, all the other stuff, but email's just a one I've never, because I've never worked white collar. Right, I think, okay. That, that'll be a, an incredible factor to that. But I just imagine, like, in the past, like, when when letters first came out, people were like, you're writing too many letters, John. It's taking over your life. It's taking over your life. <laughs> Put that pen down. Go outside and play with your friends. <laughs> but the whole of this documentary, it now, I mentioned this in The Great Hack, which we're never going to release because I need to live in this country. Um but I mentioned a great podcast called Should This Exist with Katerina Fake. That is her real name. Now, she co-founded Flickr and she asks, should we create what we are creating and the social impacts of what we're doing? For instance, back to Oppenheimer, you know, should that exist? And you could say the same about Facebook in 50 years time when you look at the, the damage it's caused, as well as all the good things, should it exist? Should we be driven by likes? And this is from two people who are trying to earn a living getting as many likes as possible, right? By creating love. It's funny as fuck because we're watching this and I'm agreeing with all the things, but we're like, this is what we need to be doing for marketing. Yeah. Yes. This is... But here's the thing, and it, it, this your your Oppenheimer uh, comparison kind of fits in with this for me, right? Is um, So, uh, Tristan... No, no, uh, sorry, Rick, Rick. Say it properly. Tristan. He, he accentuates the tan. And honest, these are, that's the only douchey thing I could find about the guy. Tristan. It's, it's, well, I'm, I'm about to break your world right now because... <laughs> you know Colin? The first... Colin Powell. Or as the Americans call him, 
Colin Powell. It's the same yeah, thing. All right, Go on, so break. Tristan. All right, so Tristan, who doesn't do anything douchey, what he does, right, is um, <laughs> he creates a presentation while he's working for Gmail about how he's addicted to email and sends it off, and it goes like yep. mini viral amongst Silicon Valley. It's his Jerry Maguire moment. And he says, it felt like we were creating a revolution. And now I hate that. It does the graphics because you can't show anything on these documentaries. You don't have any perp walks. You've got no footage of, like, obviously, like, when it shows you, like, the riots and stuff, that's actual footage. Like, I want to see, what I want in a documentary is a movie that's real life. And something that hasn't been made in the movie because you wouldn't have thought that that shit could happen. Do you know what I mean? We've seen that in documentaries. Yeah. Like the dude that gets fucking flattened by the orca. You can't make that yes. in a movie just yes. yet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but when you got like the um, the fucking fist going and going, I thought we were making a revolution. You're like, fuck off. You deal with junk mail and inboxes fonts. Like, <laughs> but I, I can see his point. It's not a revolution. But it's hyperbole. From his point of view, right, he's a young he's a young man, and as he was saying, thirty to fifty designers can affect over two billion people by just have an idea they have. The woman saying, "Should we be creating the technology we're creating?" She created Flickr. Like, all right, Zuckerberg, yes. Fucking Tom from MySpace gets a free pass, yes. But <laughs> so the next thing we see is another dra- dramatization. And they're they're kind of arguing at the table about the use of their phones. Yeah. And there's one that's angry saying you don't need to use phones. And then there's one. And then they they get this box, which is a safety box, a safe box where you can pop phones in there for. Yeah, effectively, it's to stop you. So it's called a, a safe cookie jar. So you put your sugary treats in it and you set a timer. That way you can't get back into it. So when you have your breakdown of, God, I've got to have a cookie, um, you can't get into the cookie jar because you've set a a timer on when the lid's going to actually be released and opened. So she does that with everyone's mobile phone. Yeah. I mentioned that to my missus. I said, have you seen these? And she went, oh, you need one of those. (laughs) (laughs) But you just have it when the hour's up. That would become a habit then. And to me, that would be even worse. Because here's the thing, and I I haven't read this book, but I've been told it, and I use it as an example all the time. There's a book called Bounce. I think it was called Bounce. It is called Bounce. It's uh, by Matthew Said. Yeah. Is that about the chess the chess players as kids? Yeah. Well, that's one of the stories in it. Matthew Said is superb. He writes for the Times. He's uh, an Olympian. He's a ping ball pin. Uh, sorry, ping pong was his sport, and. I've met him. We uh, we hired him to do a talk at the firm I used to work at. He is an exceptional man. Exceptional. I've got all his books. But Black Box Thinking is one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. The principle to it is something I am going to implement with children. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I got told this pissed Christmas Eve in the White Hill Pub <laughs> <Okay>. once. All <laughs> right. So my idea is this guy has two kids. He wants them to be grand champion chess players. Yep. So he doesn't want them to be financially okay, but he wants them to be successful at something. <laughs> And what he does is, uh, the first child, all they do is play chess every day. Everything's chess, chess, chess. But the second child can only watch them right. playing chess. So then, like, so the second child is not allowed to play. So they develop a thirst to play. So when they do play, they're like a sponge, and they just want more, more, right, more, okay. more, 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 more. So the talk when you talk about restricting your kids from using the computers, restricting them from using their phones, what you might actually be doing is building up a bigger addiction yeah. when it does finally hit. That's and I think that will happen with the safe boxes. Oh God, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and 
it's a but bit in the like... dramatization just quickly so in the dramatization they take the phones off everyone at the table which is a big to do and then they one of them gets a text message and one of the daughters just goes gets a hammer and smashes <laughs> Uh, hang through on. this glass box. Not only that, right? So she's safety. She's always thinking safety because she puts on some safety goggles. So well, well done. I suppose safety know? goggles and yeah, these middle class fucks. Who has safety goggles in the fucking kitchen? And again, this goes back to like, you know, American middle class liberal parenting, which again, I'm going to very much subscribe to because I don't even hit my reactive dog. So never mind the, um, <laughs> what, what it's going to be like of the kids. So we just have to hope genetically they turn out all right. But so they don't eat. She doesn't even scream. The kid goes, gets a hammer, smashes glass in the kitchen to get the phone back yeah. and during a meal and walk off with it because she got a text. And the, and the mother just goes, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that child, Barry. <sighs> well, well, someone's going to get some naughty step time. <laughs> like, just no deterrent. Whatsoever. I can't imagine how quickly my mum would put me through a fucking wall if, if I did that. Yeah, absolutely. I think my dad would uh, he would he would have gone genuinely mental. I think and if I was this... watching this documentary with him and he saw this young lady do that, I would have got a telling off for it because <laughs> I'm closer in age to her than he is. Look at you and your generation. Dad, she's 14, mate. Hang on. I'm, I'm 40 years older than her. What are you talking about? So, and at this point, I'm like, since we've watched The Great Hack, we kind of know the way this is yeah. moving along. It's all going to be very similar. But I thought the info in this was probably better suggested and less divisive, less to talk about the way it's done in this one. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. We then meet a guy, so one of the talking heads, and there was loads of them, right? Are but, you going to mention the guy who wrote the book? Uh, d- yeah. So I, I didn't know this. The View is a... It's like a loose women type loose pro- women. program, yeah. right? And it's hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. And she introduces this guy. And you see this bloke and it introduces his book. And his book is uh, delete every social media account you've got. Ten, ten, re- ten reasons to delete your social media right. accounts right now. Now, his name is Jaron Zeppel Lanier. Right. I Googled him because I didn't know if he was real. He was born in 1960, as you can tell by his name. His parents, obviously, a year or so before he was conceived, were probably tripping balls on a lot of fucking acid. Right. But this guy is genuinely smart. So he worked at Atari. He's the founding father of virtual reality. It's him. Really? Yeah. But he looks like <laughs> he looks like Quato. From Total Recall, Quaid. And by Quato, we mean the thing coming out the stomach, not the guy he comes out of. He he does not look right, this guy. He He looks looks... really weird. And if I was him, I I, I would get off social media. I imagine the trolls are quite cruel to the way this guy Because God, yeah, absolutely. White guy, long dreads, so soft-spoken. He, to me, made me think of an SNL character of a fucking shaman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I teach yoga and Pilates. You know, man, you the way that they do this is that they do that and then this happens. You could be I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was breastfeeding a baby bird as he was talking. <laughs> <laughs> he is just odd looking, but incredibly smart man. And actually for most of the stuff, you're either getting angry at what they say or you're nodding your head in agreement going yeah, 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 he's got some good points. And he, he raises some good points about basically the apps are being produced and it's so that they can get users because we're now the commodity. And the point of the app 
is to very slowly, so that we don't notice, is to change our behavior. And that's yeah. all they're after. And that's why all of the apps are free. Because now, it's interesting. That, they get this your is why data. I like, yeah, this is why I like doing this review because we always have you know a different angle we're coming from with it. And to be honest, I couldn't, I was too, my inner D student wouldn't listen to this guy at all. I was just too busy being mean about how he looked and how he acted. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went on and then this, this became like an interesting little theme of it is if, if the product is free, you are the product is the quote yes. they use. Yeah, yeah. Great, great quote. Which, just to reassure our 11 listeners of our free podcast they're listening to right now. You are not the product. We've we've got everything. We've got your dick pics. We've got, your, we've, got abs- we've, we've got everything, okay? You, you've, hit, you've hit accept, and we have sold that to, to big corporations. <laughs> we know about you, Sarger and Gerald. We're coming and for we're, you. And, and because you've hit accept, we've turned your uncle more racist. Um, that's just <laughs> if you even thought but, that was possible. But, but if you want to listen to one of the only two podcasts about documentaries, that's that's just the way of the world, guys. So I, I think we're now the only one. We're one out of seven hundred and fifty. Did one of them drop podcasts. off and just yes, because <laughs> they realised it's not a sustainable business model. <laughs> yeah, what you're going to give people two hours worth of homework before listening to you yeah. talk about the thing they've just watched? That's, that's exactly what we're Hang going on, to you, do. With regards to the Great Hack, right? So that documentary is an hour and fifty minutes long. We spoke about it for over three hours. <laughs> I know. Who's gonna Who's gonna listen to that? Um, <laughs> But funny enough, the great hack. We're going to keep referencing it for the simple reason you see some of the same people. So a guy, the first crossover guy comes in, is yeah. it Nick McNamee or something? Yeah, called. Roger McNamee. Now, this guy is pissed at Facebook, and he's a Facebook early investor. He's called an angel investor, so he floats in with all the cash. Now, just to give you a quick stat from the great hack, Facebook's value went down by six point three percent, and that equated to one point two billion dollars so and that was when 1.2 billion dollars was a lot of money so facebook is you know it's a player out in that space it really it does own the social media space as much as you think it's huge you know oh it's it's dying because of instagram it's not so roger mcnamee is coming on and he's again he's slagging down facebook and he feels guilty about it right but i bet you I bet you he doesn't feel that guilty that he's given all his money back that he made. And that pisses me off. Oh, no. Because if he did, if he was sitting there in a pair of, you know, Rick Walton pajama bottoms and T-shirt, and he was sitting there smoking a roll-up going, yeah, I, I didn't like what they were doing. I gave it all back. I, I gave it all to uh, well, the Veterans Association. Go, going, you'd be like, okay, mate, to... fair enough. What you got to say? But sitting there in your velvet jacket, velvet? Who wears velvet? No, sir. I do not. I don't buy into what you're saying. Well, so going back to the whole, if if the if the product's free, you are the product. Um, again, my whole first nine years of stand-up comedy of doing gigs for free, just just to get that data of off the people. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, to yeah. know that that it, joke that you've tried for nine years isn't funny. Yeah, yeah. In my whole data of doing stand-up comedy, I know they don't like my Ridley Scott impression, and you can't, you can't do jokes about documentaries people haven't seen. That is all the data that I've given to big tech, and that's out there now. Now, this this documentary is basically so it's all about the dangers of social media, and 
here's my first I told you so moment. So I heard about this about four years ago from a guy who does a podcast called Tim Ferriss. And he's very much in, he's a, he's an experimenter and he experiments on himself. And years ago, I turned off all the notifications. If I meet this guy phone. and he doesn't have like a robotic arm, I'm going to be super disappointed, <laughs> Matt. Super disappointed. Well, he, um, well, he's just invested a million quid of his own money into MDMA to help victims with PTSD. Because it's a well, that, that I got to be honest, we have a different class of friends, me and you. That's <laughs> that's that's quite spellbound. And I've got a friend who's I've got a friend who's about to remortgage his house to buy opioid medication for himself. But <laughs> so basically, I've turned off all notifications. And as you found out to your peril today, Rick, how difficult am I to track down if you want to get hold of me? I'm impossible. And you're exactly where you were. You weren't difficult to track down. Well, you knew exactly where I was, but you couldn't get hold of me, right? Um, so you could text me, you can Facebook message me, you could phone me. Everything's set to silent on my phone, so I control my phone. I think that's a good shout. I pick it up when I'm ready, not when it goes ping, because that dopamine hit you get is that is that is dangerous. And when that was pointed out, dopamine is the interest in science behind it. Yeah, the whole getting likes, needing likes, and uh, just 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 so we don't skew off uh, chronologically, they quickly tell you a few of the things they're doing. So they say all your movements are tracked. how long you look at stuff, which I've, yep. I've literally, that was a theory I was just building because there's only two stories in the world that I'm interested in right now. And if you've been following the podcast, you know exactly what they are. <laughs> they are the, the Newcastle United takeover and how the Premier League are corrupt and deserve to be killed in an oil-soaked fight in the desert. Um, I didn't get what I wanted. Boo-hoo. <laughs> I haven't got what I wanted yet. Matt, okay. Because when you when you shoot at the prince, you better not miss. All right. I've, <laughs> I, I have already looked into the fucking lawyers they've hired to sue them, and let me tell you, they're they're the same guys who got Man City off the financial fair play problem, and oh, they wow. fucked up with fin- and what Man City did for fi- so financial fair play in football. I'll very quickly explain because I know I'm the only one who's interested in this, but I got to be honest, I'm probably the person who listens to this podcast the most. So fuck you guys. <laughs> just, just to point out, we did. Uh, my mate Dow said. Uh, I'm glad I've got that four-year plan out of the way. Can you stop talking about football, please? Uh, Dow, I adore you. Um, sorry, man, we can't. I will not be silenced. Rick, <laughs> Rick has got the bee in his bonnet, and no, I can't stop him talking about this. <laughs> All right, so so I found that interesting of how long you look at things. and then the Yeah, same, very. They know, they know whether or not you're an introvert, and I thought, well, that's not that impressive. All right, if you're posting the status about fucking how many times you've been to hospital this week, I know you're not a fucking introvert anyway. That's not yeah. That's not one of the Cambridge Analytica data points they really need to hook people in for the fucking Brexit vote. And the thing is, the, the people don't know this about you. So, you know, Cambridge Analytica had, what, 5,000 data points per person. The computer knows this about you. So the computer and its logarithms can manipulate you. It's not actually a human being who's algorithms. doing this. Algorithm, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? A logarithm. A logarithm. I've watched too many of these documentaries. Do you know what we need, Rick? We need a good murder documentary. That's what we need is a palate cleanser. I, I've got you covered. <laughs> I've got you covered. Don't worry. During watching this, I'm sitting there going, oh, I hope one of these fuckers gets killed. <laughs> well, then then we cut to the dramatization. Now, the dramatization has now went to like the Matrix-style Star Trek villains of how they piece together everything you do 
and it's kind of like they're on like a, a starship bridge pressing buttons so this kid gets different stuff into his news feeds well it, it's the I, I don't think you'll be old enough to remember this it's the numbskulls do you remember the numbskulls from the Beano? I love the Beano. Yeah, oh yeah. right, okay, yeah, okay. So effectively, yeah, it's and a modern equivalent of that, which is the updated, is the Amy Poehler cartoon Inside Out, where they're inside the girl's head or the and the parents' yep. head, and it's what emotions they pick. And it, you know, you've got a Mr. Angry guy, you've got the funny big, one, the big empathy. fan of those. Yeah, yeah, and effectively, There's also a doc- Doctor Who character does the same. Where well, no, that's a robot, but they're all inside the robots. Right. Head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So effectively, that's one of the docudrama bits, isn't it? They they see the free parts of this personality of the machine that's controlling getting this guy to look at his phone. So yeah. So I remember being told a few years back that like, if you don't interact with certain friends on Facebook, they feeds eventually get deleted right so all my feeds are the the nutcase conspiracy theorists i, I want to even <laughs> take a look at it and laugh or do you know what i mean anything that's like that don't you so that's all it is now it's literally like four people <laughs> it's yep. just on a constant fucking stream and it's reinforcing your belief and and so the the dramatization is kind of like saying like right who's that lassie fancies let's put her shit up there yeah and then then sell them some spot cream <laughs> is kind of how they work. Absolutely, and um, we can if we can get an advert to this kid, we'll get free cents for that. Now, and I've been looking at Facebook advertising for this podcast, and you know they said for if you give us ten pounds, we can advertise this podcast to one thousand nine hundred and eighty-four people. Right? Well, that's a weird number, isn't it? Like for a start, it's nineteen eighty-four, which is just weird in itself. Um, <laughs> But the fact that they're going to go and target these specific people. That's fascinating, that number. That did not get enough credit right, right there. Yeah, That's... it's weird, isn't it? It's just so strange. So, I mean, do we pay a tenner? Do we buy into the game? You know, to a point, we need to make money from this. But then there's Listen, the other side of us. Who, me have... and you are both quite left and liberal in some respects. <laughs> Except for in one of our opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the thing is with that is we have three choices, like the three things he has in that dramatization with this podcast. Right, we can um, either buy in and play the game and get it that way. We can one of us can get famous for stand up, and then they backtrack and see our previous catalogue. Right, so we've got one option or, so far. <laughs> or, or or one of us gets arrested for a horrific crime, and then they date him, and then they mine this for quotes to go. How did we know he was going to do this? Yeah, got, you got yeah. me going. Yeah. Did you see the orca dragging it down to the floor? And they're like, this guy's an animal. How how did no one stop him? They should have been stopped. Why is there no regulations in place? <laughs> they run an investigation into what is the peas problem on the podcast? What's what has driven Will so mad? <laughs> I, I want to be sat there being in court and then playing clips from chicken people and going, <laughs> I, I stand by my comments. <laughs> I still stand by that. Do you know how many people that podcast rest? I, I would have to check off the analytics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're going to have to speak to our people. Uh, he's sitting next to you. He's the other accused. But there is, like, between every kind of sidetrack and the dramatizations at this point, I thought this, like, this is wasted my fucking time. Like, there's a lot of yeah. info, and this is this could be cut down because it's a little bit too long, this documentary for me. But again, yeah. we're very jaded. Of, by about 40 minutes. By, yeah, by but we've clocked up a good eight hours on the same subject yes. now. So yeah, we're we kind have. of... But, I don't want to slag off the documentary because we are, that's a really good point. We are a bit jaded around this subject matter. 
Um, so you can't watch Shawshank Redemption and then go and watch Orange Is the New Black and then do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just yeah, it will wear you down. So, but there, there's interesting little factors and stuff to do. I do find fascinating, like like the uh, the refresh is a big thing they worked yeah. on. When you pull your phone down, it's something new, yeah. and they say it's the Vegas slot mentality. Yeah, because the dopamines are released. Now, you've worked in enough bookies. I was about to come to that, yeah. Okay, so they've got fixed odd betting terminals, right? I was about to come to those, yes. Okay, well, ca- carry on, because that was exactly what went into my into my brain. I even Googled Global them. Global Draw Roulette, the the original, the the first. I was working in the bookies the day they were put in, and then I stopped working in bookies for six years, and I went back and I saw the impact they had had. So the thing is, like, there was a million games of roulette, but there is something about Global Draw Roulette that hooks you in. It's hooked me in as well. I got I um oh really a lot. Yeah, it's a funny story. So I was doing my final project at uni, which is that we had to make a sitcom film it and everything now go in there with the equipment and i win 350 pounds spanked it like i was putting 50 quid spins on like once i earned the cash up because eventually like somewhat there is once the machine's made five grand it'll pay out a thousand it's kind of a loose thing until the shareholder meeting's coming up and then no one wins so around about uh, tax time no one wins stop playing them that's a fascinating thing in case you haven't worked out what they are they're effectively like a fruit machine or a slot machine and it's called a fixed odds betting terminal and they are called the crack cocaine of betting oh yeah that's how addictive they are yeah but they will give you they do actually give it's a 90 percent return so they say if you want to launder money for instance well, this is what it said on Wikipedia. If you yeah, want to lord yeah, yeah, of money, for instance. Tr- trust me about the bookies. They're not honest. <laughs> well, yeah. Who wins in a bookies? Only the bookie. Exactly. If, if you win over £100 in the bookies on any bet, you are then logged with your description and if they have it, your name, and then they monitor your bets. And if you win over a certain percentage, you're no longer allowed to gamble there. Like, it is no winning. Because they'll have people who's won thirty grand, but they've lost sixty over the course of yeah. the thing. You're just you're just not allowed to keep it up. But these the global draw is fascinating. So it's got bold colours, thick outlined lines, and and when you win, it ticks up the money like goes, and it's just little endorphins that happen. Even the way it fucking feeds your money into it goes, and it's like crunching your money into fucking. And everything is just, and that is the only thing people play. There's a few like uh, reels games that um, players play. It's it's the only reason the bookies are open now. Well, that's what they're saying now that a lot of betting's gone online, betting the fixed odds betting terminals, which have been discussed in Parliament for years now, and the British government have put in laws around these fixed odd betting terminals. Only just yeah. So they used to be able to do fifty pound spins. Yes. £50 to click a button and someone says if you win or lose is basically what it is. But the animation to it, blah, blah, blah. But now I think it's like one or two pounds. So the bookies are about to die. They are they are going. They're going to be replaced by vape oil shops. And then in a few years' time, we're going to realize who's died using fucking vape pens. And then they're going to go. So whatever is the one next to a news agent's or a weather spoon's is tends to be the, the evil of the country. Like. The global draw roulette, like, uh, on my first day in a bookies, uh, everyone was, like, everyone really nice, by the way. When you go into a nice bookies, the regulars are super cool. Um, oh, it's like a clubhouse, isn't it? 
A little bit, yeah. It's, it's people avoiding their wives or, or trying not to think about their lives, basically. Yeah. And a guy was playing it, and he was up to, I think it was like about £3,000. And he took out his wallet. He gave me 20 quid. He goes, hell, you're going to buy us a pack of Lambert and Butler and keep the change because he didn't want to leave the machine. I went to the news agent's crossroad. I came back. He had nothing. That three grand, gone. But I didn't finish my story, sorry. So I went in after doing my um, I'm sitting final here in, major I'm project. I'm sitting here in shock. Say that again. You sat there doing your final project. Sorry. That's fucking brutally sad, that story. So I'd, I won 350 quid, and trust me, I give that back so quickly. I've, I was out the store, and like, uh, I went and I bought um, my TV that broke at Christmas, that's the same size as the one you saw the other day when you came around for the first time. I went and bought a 250-quid TV the year that England... Dixon's had a deal. Every goal England scores in the World Cup, you get £10 off. We scored three goals that World Cup. Um, <laughs> so I thought I was going to pay it back. I'm like, Lampard, Gerard, Howard, man, Peter Crouch. Who's going to stop Peter Crouch in the corner? What? Fucking... Uh, Honduran's a four foot six. Brilliant. But so... So I went and bought that because I was on the phone to our last and she went, oh my God, like for our rent at the time of the student place, she was just like, that's like, you know, that's really going to help with like... Everything. Yeah, yeah. Th- two months rent for our side. So no, it would have been 650. I won 650, 700 in total. I rang her at 350. So before she got home from work, I went to Dixon's and bought a massive TV before she could make me do something adult with the money. And I even give the guy... Call him back to the guy who gave me the 20 quid. I give the guy 20 quid to carry it across the road. I lived opposite Dixon's. And I give the staff worker 20 quid to carry it <laughs> in the house because I want to drop it. Get yourself something nice, son. Then um, came the end of the year, the end of the school year. My mate gets in touch with us and goes, Rick, uh, we're going to need the tripod back. I went, what tripod? He goes, the tripod we filmed the sitcom with. I went, shit, I left that in Corals. And then... How much was the tripod? In his name, and he would not have got his degree, uh, £1,800. Oh. So I then had to go and get a loan from Santander, which was very easy to fucking do. They they basically appeared like the devil, giving me biscuits, donuts, and tits at me face, going, you want free money? There you go. Sign me up to a £1,800 loan so my mate could get his degree, because it wasn't even in my name. Oh, mate, you idiot. Do you want to hear the best story about my mother? Go. Told my mother this two years after I left uni. Two fucking years after. She had the money back within three days. What do you mean? What? The money back from Santander? From the university. So I had to go and pay the university £1,800. And they were like, you're failing. Your course, if you don't pay it back, this or that. Took me mother three days. And my name wasn't on anything. They... They didn't even know who the fuck I was. Do you have to give that money to that? Hang on. So who did? So they they gave you a brown envelope full of redies, like eighteen hundred nickel. I give I I give the money to me mate straight away, so he can go and pay it off and get yep. his degree. Fair play, man. You're a stand up guy. That that says a lot about your character. I couldn't do that about him. I mean, it's bad enough doing a degree in comedy, but to not get it because your mate was gambling in the bookies <laughs> and won 700 and quid, yeah. but lost £1,800 worth of equipment because he was excited to get a big TV. So I did that. i, I got to be honest. I tried to get a loan as a token gesture. I didn't think it would be that easy. <laughs> yeah. So they give me the money. I give it a big Chris. And then um, 
your mum, two days later, like uh, two years later, I tell her over Christmas the anecdotes, I'd paid off the loan at this point, and she went, okay. And I got a phone call from Solent University, and they went, uh, Mr. Wharton, yeah, we'd like you to come in, please. Uh, we've spoken to your mother. They literally took me debit card and put £1,800 back on me card and went, please just tell your mother you've got it. What, what did you do with that 1800 quid? Um, we moved house. We moved. That's what we helped to move to London with. Fair play. Well, good for you. And I, I also lived like a king for a couple of days. Like, <laughs> I had like vanilla tobacco, KFC things. Uh, KFC games, for breakfast. But yeah, my mother, when you have a problem, when you need a refund, she is like another wolf in Pulp Fiction. She's Mr. Wolf. Yeah, we call her the nightmare. Like, I have people that let, let me know, like, because I've heard stories about her going, I've had this happen to us. What do I do? I go, I'll tell you what, I'll tell me mother. It's like, shit, you tell the nightmare? Shit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh boy, that's all you had to say. <laughs> uh, um, that's good knowledge. That is good to know. So, uh, Oh, she loves it. She loves it. Uh, a quick one, just because, you know, fuck it. It's only talking about data and that for another six hours. Um, <laughs> she went in Sainsbury's. And this is what she does. It's a sport to her. Getting a refund is a genuine sport. Gans in Sainsbury's. And uh, do you know when you put, like, a pasta pot together? Yeah. And, and you go, you get it weighed up, and then you go and pay it the till? Tells me this story laughing, because she knows I love, everyone loves hearing stories about there's millions of what she's done to Saturday girls in shops it's, it's, it was embarrassing as fuck as a kid but handy as an adult so she gets, she goes so I do the pot talked it up I went three quid three pound fucking fifty for that so what I did is I paid it I went over to customer service sees the young lassie there I said excuse me love would you pay three pounds fifty for this <laughs> and the woman laughs goes no I wouldn't and she goes well leave it all and slammed it on the desk <laughs> to give her two quid off <laughs> but she hooked them in by laughing by making them think they're okay and then just that stone face <laughs> that that joe pesci how the fuck am i funny are you laughing in my face for what i just paid for that oh <laughs> that's why we had brexit in my opinion with, with the refund culture we thought we could have got out of it yeah um so anyway back to the point so yeah the, you're talking about the swipe down and so your feed is refreshed and it is. It's exactly how a gambler's brain works, right? So yep. what that does is it taps into... I'm an addict of a lot of things. And what this does is it taps into the dopamine receptors in your brain. And your brain is... It releases this little pleasure drug that your brain has. Well, what more do you need? And that's exactly what social media is giving a lot of people. You must have done this, right? You've posted a gag out there and you've put it on Facebook. I don't know if you do this. I, I used to you do it. You check my Facebook. I, I haven't done it as much as what you think I should have in 12 years. I'll tell you that. No, but when you first did and you like something landed and you got hit. So I used to write a weekly story about my life. On one, I got I got so many likes. And what that did is, over. so I did that every week for two years. It shaped my writing. Because what I noticed was that people liked stories they didn't like my opinions. They couldn't give two figs about my opinions. What they liked was stories about my life as a kid, as an adult, anything about that, especially the, the nostalgic stuff. When I was talking about my dad in the 70s and instead of going to the pictures, we'd go greyhound racing. Oh, people are like, oh, that is brilliant. That's yeah. My dad was like, Ugh. yeah, and it, shaped, it changed the way I wrote stuff and it changed what I talked about on stage because I'm like, Oh, people want that from me. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, they don't want clever jokes about, you know, Brown Prime Minister, um, Daily Mail readers dying. Still a great fucking joke. Just want to point that out. But 
from me, people couldn't buy into it. Whereas I talk about my dad being a, you know, a, a funny bloke. Oh, yeah, we'll have, yeah, give us some more of that. Your birthday, do you ever see on your birthday just how many notifications you get? Just just people saying happy birthday. I bet it's checked. So it's one of the most checked things, I bet, throughout the year on your fucking Facebook. Well, I, I set my birthday different on every single thing I register on. Yeah, yeah. I did. It's gonna be it's gonna be really hard if you lose your passwords. I oh guess. God, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a real ass. It's a genuine real ass. Um, I set. I signed up for something. I think there's a football match tonight, and I want to watch watch it online. I set my birthday to the day I signed up. So as as far as that computer is concerned, I'm two days old. <laughs> it's like, oh, but you've got a credit card number. That's all we care about. Put that number in, please. What's it? Uh, what I've got is. Do you know how you have to put a message in? Thanks for all the birthday messages. You have to do that? I don't do that, no. Well, well, a lot of people do that. I do that. But what I've done is I've copied and pasted the same message for four years to see if anyone <laughs> noticed. So if anyone goes through my Facebook, since I don't post anything, it'll be, it'll be happy birthday, Rick, blah, 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 blah. And then the numbers gradually get higher because it's dwindled over time because I've stopped writing happy birthday on other people's things. And then the same goes, thanks, had a great day. <laughs> Copy paste, copy paste. Even if it takes five minutes to write the six words, I will. I will just copy and paste out of principle. In the documentary, they talk about the tagging people in a photo. So we take a picture of yeah. me and you, and I tag you in Facebook that I'm with Rick Wharton. It's human psychology that when that pops up in your feed, you're going to have a look. And when they created that, they went, "Oh, we've just got a great idea." Can you imagine these executives in a meeting and these programmers who come up with the idea? Like, oh, Gerald, that's brilliant. Uh, a great one is the showing you that someone's typing. Yes. Because it's all about creating engagement. That was a yeah. very smart one. Genius. That's brilliant. Man. I've sent you a message. Oh, you're, oh, you're typing something back I to me. I won't put my phone down because I know something's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They created a thing called um, the Growth Hacking Team who will hack your psychology so they can get you more growth, more engagement to get you to invite more people to do whatever it is you're doing. You're you're being manipulated. So, that was the whole thing. Throughout, so you're seeing the dramatization throughout this of this family. And the funny thing is, I don't, I can't tell you what age that kid was when I first saw him. The one with the long hair. When I say a kid, I, was, I say he was a, he was about sixteen. I know, but I thought he was like a thirty-year-old divorced dude. Do you know what I mean? The way he looks. Um, the age of him and like the size of his face and just his features. He, he just made me, he, he had, I just had him pegged as post university. So when you see him in high school, starting at <laughs> the high school tits, I'm like, you know, maybe we should be tracking this guy's phone. You know what you would have been, what would have given his game away is if he would have had a Spanish accent. Right? I washed their brains. I washed their brains. He's the imposter. Yeah. <laughs> Looking from the top down when you watch this documentary and you feel this because a lot of the documentaries we watch are American, you genuinely feel and listening to these programmers and all of these creators who created this amazing stuff, you genuinely feel that there's part of America that is morally bankrupt. And it, it was just mm. scary to watch. You're like, and unfortunately, the other half's just bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just, my nan would say of these people, they should know better. Because it's it's these really smart kids who are creating a terrible world. And the whole documentary is them apologising about it. Sorry about that. See, and they have some great analogies. They do hit the mark on some of them because the only people, the only industries that refer to their customer base as users 
is drug dealers and tech companies. Yeah. Which is an interesting uh, little thing on that. That was Edward Tuft who made that point. They um they they have a woman on there, and I made a note of her name. Just there were so many people talking, but her name was just superb. Shoshana Zuboff, right? She's a PhD. She works at Harvard Business School. Well, she did. She's a Harvard Business School professor emeritus, and that basically means she's retired, but she still gets to call herself professor. And she said this. Chat you one, isn't you? We can affect real world behavior and emotions without the users being aware. So they can control you and what you do, you have no knowledge of it. So the reason why I keep going on about the subject I keep going on about isn't actually my fault. It's my phones. It is. Yeah, you're being controlled because they want you to talk about the Saudi takeover of Newcastle United because it's good for them. This is free advertising for them to get there. So if just say this, Rick, if one of our 11 listeners was to get called up for the jury for that case, they could genuinely and they, they might have forgotten that, you know, you've mentioned it once or maybe they better twice. better do the right fucking thing, otherwise we're not really a listener anymore, let me tell you that. We've got your IP address, we're coming you for what, you. You need, you need one jury from the north from the fucking Newcastle, <laughs> and that goes through. Um, yeah, and there you go, right? You're in. So you could be being manipulated. You may not love your club as much as you think you do. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's ingrained, I mean, the tune thing. Well, let me but ask the, you this. Um, do you take your bed... It's, sorry, do you, do you take your bed? Does your phone go to bed with you? It's where it's used as an alarm, which is probably another clever thing they did that as. Of course it is. It's brilliant, right? i got to admit, um, it has a fucking bedtime because of his phone now. That's an option on the alarm section of your phone. My, my phone keeps asking, do I want a bedtime? It's like, no, I'm still a bum. I don't, I don't answer <laughs> to anyone. I'm an adult, God damn it. Yeah, they put that on the uh, so you it can it will tell you when to go to bed because you can't make up your own mind, and because you're on your phone, you're so addicted to this device that it pings up. It's bedtime. Oh shit, that came around quickly because twenty minutes in virtual world is probably two hours in the normal world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because um, time time disappears. And the thing is, I was beginning to think: is this documentary a subtle head fuck? Because if they if they included this at the end, it would have been interesting, which they didn't. Is uh, is this designed to make me use the phone while doing it? Because this is the documentary I checked my phone the most <laughs> during watching. Yeah, funny enough, so did I. And I don't. It's not that I checked my phone because I use my phone to take notes. But I was like, oh, I wonder if Rick said anything. And I, I checked Messenger, and it yeah, it did just. I I checked screen time four or five times to see if my screen time had gone up. So last week when I was after that operation and I was high on opiates, my screen time was huge on certain applications, but on other applications, because I didn't have the brain power, it was really, really low. Here's the point. So at the beginning of this documentary, um, it is very good and very interesting. And a lot of little facts that we've dropped in are really good. But again, if you've watched The Great Hack, you've already heard most of them just in yes. different words. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't enjoying it. And then it switched for me around this point. Because you start to see in the dramatization, the long-haired kid is starting to look at uh, right-wing propaganda. Yeah, well, you don't even know if it's right-wing propaganda. It's just propaganda. Yeah. Well, 
they say that it's... But well, she said, no, it could yeah, be. They, but she said, like, it's just it, propaganda. Heavily yeah. and heavily implied. Heavily implied. So uh, we're talking about, like, the Ben Shapiro's and people like that that kind of skirt everything. I thought, oh, my God. If this dramatize Because the dramatization's dropped in, dropped in, like it's almost developing a story. I'm like, if this kid becomes a school shooter, this is fucking <laughs> phenomenal. Now we're getting an interesting documentary. This is so smart. I've literally went, now we're cooking. <laughs> Me like, and you have been... Because it is. Our minds have been warped by the documentaries we watch. Because it's proper incel... Um, I'm not getting the girl I like. I'm 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 rejecting society. He start and it shows you all the things and like the posters. It's showing graphics of the stuff he's looking at. It's how they manipulate him as well. So you see a part of his uh, social media feed and he's like looking at YouTube videos and the person who's talking to him from the YouTube video is like, "I'm telling you this because I care about you," you know. And it's a form of grooming, isn't it? That's how they get you, right? And and, and this, speaking yeah. as a person who's incredibly easily manipulated, this is why I I have I've deleted Facebook's not on my phone. I go to I, Facebook I, once I, a week, and that's all I'm allowed because I'm so I would genuinely I would be at the front of the of any demonstration. Well, I've watched a YouTube video about it. That fella convinced me. I'm here. Really? It's yeah. What you want to well, save the whatever the nonsense is we're trying to save? Yeah, I'm all about that. This led into my favorite part of it. Okay. So they then go into conspiracy theory land and they say anyone who's liked anti-vaxxers and chemtrails, they then have a per- profile makeup of what they were like for yeah. other conspiracy theories. And one of the ones is Pizzagate. Now, I heard bits and pieces about Pizzagate, I, but I didn't get It's all about the elite pedophile ring. I'd never heard of Pizzagate. Pizzagate is basically the code name for ordering someone traffic, right, like yeah, a, yeah. A, a sex slave. And since it was called Pizzagate, uh, someone went to a pizza hut with an assault rifle hoping to liberate children in the basement. Which didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so they've got them pinned down. Yeah. They didn't even have a basement. So so he's like, okay, you're going to arrest me, but are the children okay? And it's just like, there's just stuffed crusts in there. It's a fucking Papa John's. <laughs> And then becomes very real world and very topical because yeah. then they go on about the the information about COVID. They're saying the cocaine kills COVID. COVID isn't yes. real. Yeah, and they're yeah. saying now, now this is life and death situations and we can't decide what's true yes. or not. And that is what's and, going to be the ultimate tool that's a yes. problem. Because no one trusts anything. And we have this whole mentality now of everyone's entitled to their own truth. Now, if everyone's entitled to their own truth, we're fucked because we have no reason to discuss anything anymore but there was a great quote in it he said look what we've got here now is on planet earth we have 2.6 billion people who are in their own version of the truman show yeah Yeah. and it's absolutely true isn't it because what you're seeing in your social media feeds is everything that you believe in you know i knew short people were were put upon by society that's just not on because my social media feed feeds that into me as well it's like yeah short people are treated really really badly and what about the increase in anxiety and depression in the youth self-harm has tripled since social medias came about pre-teen pre-teen suicides which were some of the lowest are up 150 percent i i yes i i that that is brutal but i also think if you look back to I don't know eighties when we watch abducted in plain sight, I don't think they were tracking that stuff then. 
Hang on a second. I think this Hang is the same as, I, I don't think this is the same. I think this is similar to the Icelandic school results being the best because I don't okay, have exams. So you've, right. I'll give you that one. I'm, I'm not even going to... Because if me and you start disagreeing and not on this documentary, I've got to cook dinner in an well, hour and a half. To say that. So... I was about to say that. Of Everyone's got their own truth and things. I don't know. Maybe at some point we should release the great hack of us just arguing politics. Yeah, because maybe. that's the point. Everyone's too scared to have a different yes. opinion. Maybe he's yeah, not maybe. because... You don't need to hear the story about Matt on a fucking stag do with Nigel Farage <laughs> too badly. But... But then they show you like, oh, the flat earthers. If you've got a thousand people yes. that are flat earthers, you know you can sell this to them. And then they showed you Kyrie yes. Irving, yeah, the yeah. point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. He he went down a YouTube rabbit hole and believed the flat earthers. And then everyone basically pounced on him and then explained to him, blah, 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 don't don't perpetuate this. But what the logarithms are doing is pu- pushing it out there to millions more people to go, hey, you like this mm-hmm. just... Uh, you like this Irving gentleman? Look at what he's believing. He's believing in flat Earth. Irving. Oh well, if he believes it, well, I'm I, I like him. He must be right. I yeah. believe it. And then the flat Earthers went, "Oh, the round Earthers got to him." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's no winning. There's no win. You're on your side. There is the no winning. Are, yeah, yeah. The lines are drawn. And th- th- what do you do? How, how do you how do you stay and, safe online? And then they show you real world, real serious impacts. Gotcha. So this was in the Great Hack, uh, Myanmar. Yeah. Now, they don't even name Cambridge Analytica, but these are the ones that yes. did that. They incited racial yeah. hatred via divides, and uh, 700,000 Muslims had to flee the yeah. country. Well, because they, were, uh, which they in, were having genocide enacted upon them, right? Mass Be- killings, villages Because burned. of Facebook. It's the same as um, I spent some time... And the same company, the same Cambridge Analytica that caused this, are then doing the Leave campaign for the Brexit, saying the Muslims are coming yeah, over. because well, <laughs> of you, you fuckers. Because <laughs> they fucking caused all the civil unrest. Yeah, basically, civil wars in country of like so many deaths, villages torched. I, I spent um, I spent a couple of days walking through the, it's called the Golden Triangle, right? So it's between Laos, Myanmar, and Thailand. And basically, you, you trek there for a few days but mainly because of the opium dens and you meet uh, people from the Karen tribes and the Karen tribes are, have right. you ever seen the, the women who put the rings around their neck and have really long, well, yeah. they're the Karen tribe people. So, um, yeah, they were kicked out of Myanmar and they live on the fringes in this. Yeah. Because oh, at, at some point, the thing is you can hear them run the way. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Just get on a stepladder. I can see him. There you go. Look, <laughs> The social media empires will be how the Roman and British empires are looked back upon. Yeah, we had some good ideas, but a lot of it, a lot of people suffered. Yeah, it just gets weaponized for for corporate gain, and then that unfortunately they don't care about human life. Do you know what I mean? So, well, of course they don't. The dramatization. You got the kid now looking up stuff and then he's off and it looks like he's going to buy a gun and I'm like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we're gonna have a fucking talking a point not just a graphic of Facebook likes making people sad and then he goes to a protest and then he gets arrested and the sister gets arrested at the protest was that his sister? I didn't um, work out the family dynamics of who was who I, it, it was, was weird, we, yeah I couldn't because it was a Brady Bunch family wasn't it so yeah it was mm. just very very strange and they all looked in their mid-twenties and going to high yeah. school. 
but this part that that, that sorry, just the the dramatization becomes what I think the Grey State movie should have been. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of, the way it's shot, it, it looks very Grey State, which I thought was a, was an interesting uh, callback to what we've looked at yeah. in the past. It's all kind of, and it's the police taking them down. I saw they were very. Uh, politically correct with the uh, the ethnicity of the people that were arrested by the police. The, the police arrested 30 protesters. Not one single person of yeah. colour did they dare put in that. Are they fuck messing with that? But the, um, um, what, what I really liked, this, right, this is how geeky I got about it. Because we're talking about social media at some point, and I knew it was coming, when it, when it came, I was like, yay! They basically cut to scenes of a computer room. And they go, yeah, well, we've got these computers where there's rows and rows and rows of them. And basically, they they send a camera down these computer rooms and you get to see the computers and all the cabling. And the cabling was gorgeous. Now, that was that was basically how I earned my trade. Right, I would go to places that weren't gorgeous and I would turn them into those computer rooms. That's what that's what me and the, the team did. The, the thing is. One of the funniest things I've seen this year was a Reddit chat about bad computer rooms. And it was 20 pictures of how bad a computer room can get. Now, bear in mind, I spend my evenings watching comedians or studying comedy. How geeky have I become? I'm finding these computer rooms badly cabled so funny. What's going on with my what life? You're not seeing as the wood for the trees, right? In comedy, and this is what's happening more and more and more, in my opinion. People only like what resonates with them. No, a good joke's a good joke. No, no, no. But what's a popular joke and what you'll go back to to see more of is shit from your personal experience or it's your opinion echoed in a way that you can say funny later on. that's the internet all over, isn't it? It's your it's your echo chamber of stuff coming back to you about yeah. your... Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of great one-liner guys out there. They never seem to hit the highest notes. God, no. It's been so long since... Uh, what's the guy? He became the director... Uh, I pod spot re- remover on the dog. Now it's gone. Oh, what's he called? He's in Horace and Pete. He's the he's the drunk. It's so annoying. I forgot his name. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. You talk about your. Um, was it Stephen Wright? What the fuck has happened? It was. Yeah, it was Stephen Wright. Oh wow! Bang right. How much water would there be if we took all the sponges out of the ocean? <laughs> what a great gag! <laughs> yeah, but if you saw where he was at his height of arena filling superstar to where the one-liner comics now get is because it just doesn't catch on enough. Stephen Francis, fucking Stuart amazing. Francis. Won the best live yeah. at the Apollos. Yeah, Stuart superb. Francis, won the best live at the Apollos yeah. you've ever seen. And still, he doesn't seem like he's like that A-lister he probably should be for his mm-hmm. ability. Uh, Masai Graham, if you want to look up a one-liner guy, should be a hell of, like, he's, he's amazing and doing just fine. Delaney's incredible. And I mean, what a power couple of comedy Sarah Milligan yeah, and Delaney is. Like, but yeah, the, I, again, so in comedy, I think it's if it's about your life. If I if there's a guy who does the best five minutes about Newcastle United, they're probably going to be my favorite. <laughs> my two favorite comedians <laughs> at the minute: John Hastings, Dylan God, do an hour about wrestling every week, and they're fucking hilarious. And they're my age, so similar references and all that stuff. So again, Echo Chamber, that's what, right? And that's what this whole exactly. social media problem is, and that's why it's called the social dilemma. Um, R- Rubio, the politician, had a great quote to sign off on this with, which was, um, "We only watch the channels that tells us we're right. Yeah. Only watch the news channels." Sorry, but back to your computer room thing. 
God, they were gorgeous. They were absolutely gorgeous. I thought, do you know who you need down there to sort it out? Steve Weeby, Billy Mitchell. Get them down in there. They'll sort out the algorithms. They'll beat They'll beat the AI to take away these. Because they say, no, we can't control the data. It's coming. Steve Weeby could get it done. Weeby. I mean, his, his, his kid would have been sat in his own shit for a few hours. But Steve Weeby could get that No, shit you know done. who you need to fix this problem? Chicken People. What was his name? What was the engineer's name who you loved in Chicken People? Uh, Knox. Right, Brian Knox. Because they were Brian Knox. Yeah. Brian Knox. Get he would fix this problem if if you made it into some sort of chicken related problem, he would get to it and he would fix it. He gets stuff done. He'd yeah. have Steve Weeby on his team, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and then someone as an intern, he can get some of the people left over from Blackfish. There we go. We've plugged all our great episodes there. Look, look at what we're doing. So the Pinterest CEO. They ask, what's the what's the worry? What's the big worry of what's happening? And they say, we think in the very near future, there will be civil war. Because there have been in other countries. Yeah. They just need a more refined approach for the Western countries. Because there's no grey areas now. You can't... You're on your side and I'm on mine. See, what we did the other day when we spoke about the great hack was we traded opinions and then we remained friends. Right? And as much yeah. as you disagreed with some of the stuff I said and vice versa... It hasn't affected our relationship because we're adults and we can debate and go, oh, they've got a different opinion. Mm. Oh, that's healthy. I need that. And as a comic, I think you but, need that. Whereas most people, I don't think have got that. They haven't got that person to argue with and carry on with, living. With people you know, you have a 360 degree perspective of them. Like I know you, I know your actions, I know the person you are. If you were just a status... Saying some of the yeah. dumb shit I think you said on the <laughs> yeah. episode, I would have yeah. I would have a very different. And you would opinion, stop looking you know at I mean? my so Facebook feed, so I would drop off, so that you wouldn't get my opinion, yeah. even if say I was right. No, on mine it would be more because I think there are two types of people in this world. There are people who write Facebook statuses, and there are people who screenshot Facebook statuses and send them to mates <laughs> going, "Look at this dick." <laughs> And I am very much. <laughs> that is super. Very, very much in that category. And I think that has fucked up the Facebook algorithms for me to the point where now all I get is that side. I, of I'm things. in neither of those groups. Um, um, I, I don't. I don't status. What, what about the um, your mate Mark Zuckerberg was on there? What do, what do you think about him on there? Because when you said the other day, he looks like a fucking robot. My God, he um, does. I saw it this time. Because before, I'm... Diff- Michael Fassbender in the new Aliens movie, the robot, because he plays the... Have you seen the original Aliens? Yes, or was that too scary no, I have for? actually, yeah. I, I don't know why the Aliens films are okay. I think it's because they're iconic or something like that. You don't think they're just spooky, but... So Fassbender in the new Aliens movies is what Zuckerberg is. Eisner shouldn't have played him. That exact character should have played him. Yeah, that's a good show. Just him staring at an alien going, you're beautiful. <laughs> when... Um, to, to quote the second Aliens film, with social media, the only safe way is to nuke it from space. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. But the um, they then the last because he's asked. Hang on, just on on the Michael. Uh, sorry, on the Mark Zuckerberg thing, he's interviewed, and the interviewer says, "Knowing what you now know, do you believe Facebook impacted the results of the 2016 U.S. presidential election?" 
And Zuckerberg's reply... Oh, there are so many things in... That's so hard. There are so many forces at play. Uh, Actually, Mark, I think if you check out the data, or once your people have checked out the data... No, there weren't many forces in play, mate. It was it was kind of sure. rigged. Five point nine million adverts versus sixty six thousand. For the wrap up, because we've kind of just jammed two reviews into have, one, yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. explain the difference between the two. So the social dilemma, it's it's bite sized chunks, and it's it's very interesting, and the science yeah. behind it is I really agree. good, and I'd recommend watching it. But the great hack goes into the specifics of the Mimar incident, the companies behind it and how they did it and the practicalities of what's happening to them now. So there is a difference between the two. They're not the same, but they're on the same subject topic and just in different little facets of it. So I'd recommend watching both, in all honesty. Just I wouldn't watch them back to back. Yeah, I would. I would as well. Uh, And like I said, we gave it a nine. We gave the great hack a nine and a half. So what what are you going to give this then, Rick? What's your... uh... What's your score? I'm giving it. A th- I'm giving this one a three point five because the kid didn't become a school shooter. That'd be how you evoked. That would have been how you evoked them. All right. Don't have him. Oh, he went to a protest and got arrested for tripping over someone. Now have him go in there for the trench coat mafia. March down the soccer team he no longer plays for because he started looking at Instagram instead of going to practice. And then you've got yourself boom a documentary. And if it had a couple of panning shots. Just of, of rural areas with crows migrating in between with soft okay, music, right. boom. I'm, I'm going to speak to your mum and have a word that you might be being uh, badly influenced. Um, I'm going to give this a four. I I quite enjoyed it up to a point. And then I was, yeah, you're right. I have been, I've overdosed on this sort of stuff. And I just, the quotes in it are, they're superb and they do, they do genuinely get you thinking. But here's the thing. At the end, they as the credits are rolling, they're saying, well, how do we fix this? And they're like, well, here's what I've done. And all you can do is what affects you, right? They've all turned off notifications on your phone, which I've done. <laughs> which is already making my life very much less convenient, Matt. Like, <laughs> it's, um, They limit the amount of screen time their children are allowed. And they ask the child to set it. And the child has got no concept of time. So they always underset how much they think they're going to need it. Um, They deleted a ton of apps from their phone. And they basically don't take the phone into the bedroom with them. And also a little trick I've done is I've set, I set my phone. If I press that button three times, it switches my screen. So it's all black and white. And that makes it less desirable. So at every morning I have a note to say switch your screen to black and white and every morning I ignore it. Don't think it's going to work. But your phone is a lot less interesting when it's not in colour. Here's what I think uh, and it's on a separate scale because other people's usage you have to have the faith in the population. This is about regulation to slow it down and to help things. Now when we have negative things in society what do we do with it? Alcohol, tobacco, we tax the shit out of it. Now, these companies getting your data, there should be a data taxation is what they recommend. Now, on the great hack, they say you should be paid for your data, which would be as good. But if you can put the, if you can tax the data and then funnel that into societal 
problems and helping with the mental health and stuff and all the stuff we've seen in, in Where to Invade Next has become a, a documentary I reference a lot of what some countries have done. But that money coming in from these big companies being taxed for their data could help society as much as what they're doing. And they would also think about what they're doing. Listen, they say in it, right, it's the critics who drive improvement. It isn't. This comes down to the golden rule. Those with the gold makes the rules. It's as simple as that. Zuckerberg isn't sitting there at home now feeling guilty, right? He's in his charging pod. No, he's on charge. We've spent too long together. Right, let's wrap this one up. Um, Right, 3.5 for me and a 4 from you. 4 for me, 7.5. Uh, it is worth watching, though. Just, yeah. Well, it could, I mean, it's an hour and 40-minute documentary. We've spoke about it for an hour and 20. So, uh... <laughs> right, so... Um, All right, what, what's what's next? So is this being released out of order? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to try and get this one out soon to see if we can hopefully help people come off of their social media addictions. So... Um, I'm not going to tell you what's going to... No, they definitely deleted the podcast app. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you what's coming up next because, like I said, we are. this is going out of order. And all I will say is this, though. Uh, press the subscribe button. <laughs> press the share button. <laughs> Turn on the knock. Can you hit like Can us? you like us, please, on our Facebook page? Because if you learn how much likes mean to people and how little we have on our Facebook page right now, it's, it's actually drawn Matt back to his life of opioid. <laughs> Addiction. I mean, I haven't got it, but I quite like the sound of Snapchat dysmorphia. So, uh, yeah, I might give Snapchat a go later. I was told when um, Candy Crush first came out, all the people who know me and they know how addictive my nature is, um, they all said to me, don't get into Candy Crush because, yeah, it, it would have destroyed me. I got into a game called Fabonacci. Have you seen that? It's it's basically it's like a Tetris style game, but with numbers. Um, yeah, that took up at least two to three hours a day at times. There was a football game on my phone, which you kind of, it, the match played and then it slowed down and you were one player and you'd flick the ball and you'd either pass, shoot or right. dribble. And, and it would be how you progressed through the pitch and then eventually you'd score. I took a player from Gated in the conference to winning the Champions <laughs> League on that. I did it constantly. I was like... I, I, and we're talking 38 game seasons, five <laughs> seasons to get it. And then, then I requested a transfer to Newcastle because I proved myself. And then I had to do it with them. Rick, Rick and Matt, boyfriends of the year. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so come back and join us next week, whatever you're doing. Uh, be safe online. That's what I'm going to say. Rick, say goodbye. All right, take it easy, folks. Football's well. Goodbye. <laughs>